two sisters lived on separate sides of the states. One in NYC and the other LA. They both moved to Chicago and decided to stay. Now here's their playful podcast packed with Kid Lit Parlay. Children's books. Are they really that great? Talking children's books is with Kate and Hughes Eight. Children's books. Why, what, and how? So I just got done watching the old cartoon Grinch movie. You mean the only version of the Grinch uh, that was ever made? Yeah, yes. that one. Yeah, that one. Yeah, it's the only. Inc- it's weird. It's the only incarnation of that picture book that's ever happened ever. Well, I'm watching it, and it's going through the part where he's saying like all the things that he hates, and it's really just like twelve things that involve noise, and then, <laughs> which mm-hmm. I'm like, I can relate. Yeah, no, I can relate too. But he's like way up on. Did you watch? Did you watch it on DVD? Yes. Did you watch the extra um, special no. where they? There's this wonderful moment where they're like, "Yeah, you know what? Actually, Dr. Seuss lived on the top of this hill, and he could see the town down below him, and it looked a lot like that shot from the Grinch movie." <laughs> oh, hmm. Well. I'm still on the Grinch's side. All right. Well, yeah, sure. sure. <laughs> We're all on the Grinch's side, but that's just because he's so charming and he yeah. doesn't wear any pants. <laughs> Speaking of things that don't wear pants. Wait, no. Um, <laughs> this here is a podcast of pants wearing people and I am Betsy. And who are you? I'm Kate. That's right. That's right. And we are recording from two undisclosed closets in our yeah. home trying it out you know i wanted to see what this closet life was all about it's really cozy i hear good things and my closet is very cozy uh because it is packed full of christmas presents that are Ooh. not wrapped so there you go and what do we do on this here podcast we sit in closets i stand in closets i don't know about you oh. i've got a standing closet desk <laughs> i'm very hip <laughs> hip in the old so closet desk world it's 2020 is just standing desk closets. <laughs> it's you just that's what I really want for Christmas. It's like, oh, I'm so lazy. I'm sitting down in my closet for my podcast all the time. I really need to if I really if you could work a treadmill in here, I would be so good to go. <laughs> like a silent podcast. I think we're treadmill. getting off topic, Betsy. Oh, right. Okay. And all uh, right, what do we do uh besides talk about closets? Uh we review children's picture books. And what do we do with the, those reviews? How, what do we determine? Oh, we rate them to determine if they're classics or not. That's right. And so it is almost Christmas time. Uh, and, you know, we did we did a Hanukkah. And so now uh, we were going to do a Christmas. There's a lot more to choose from when it comes to Christmas children's books. And that's just America for How you. How come we haven't done a Kwanzaa book? Yeah, because, okay. All right, re- listeners. If you can find me a classic Kwanzaa book, that is... That is the ultimate challenge, I would say. The classic Kwanzaa picture book. Don't get me those 1973 nonfiction titles for kids. You all know what I'm talking about if you're children's librarians because you pull them out every single year. Not those. Find me a classic Kwanzaa picture book. And if you can't think of one, go find somebody to write one because there's just not a lot out there. But... Today, we're going with classic Christmas book, and uh, it was so classic-y 
I delivered it to your home earlier today because it's a little on the, it's a little on the wordy side. So uh, I'm still going to do the Buddha Buddhas because it's what I do to Duda. So uh, I'm just going to introduce it now. A Buddha 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 Buddha. Boo! What's the title of that book? Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Who's it by? Um, Russell Hoban. Who's it illustrated by? Lillian Hoban. Why are those names familiar? Only because at the bottom of the book it says creators of the Francis the Badger series. Oh, doggone stupid book gave it away. Oh, I was so pleased. I was like, actually, did, I don't know if you remember a certain little badger with a great big lunch, but uh, we did a bread and jam for Francis. Oh, you already know. Okay. Yeah. So much for my surprise. So uh, even though you have already read this book, uh, I would like to give one little piece of background information to it before we begin. So while Kate doesn't do her read, I'm going to tell you a little one little background information, and it's it requires me to name drop like I've never name dropped before. You see, I interviewed Mr. Russell Hoban uh, back in the day before he died. After he died, would not have been a very interesting uh, interview. And I had to ask him about Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas, specifically about the Jim Henson version that was filmed in 1977, the book itself having come out uh, in 1971. And Russell Hoban never liked adaptations of his books. Um, he did not care for The Mouse and His Child, the animated film. If you watch it, you will understand why. But he liked the Jim Henson adaptation. He thought they did a very, very good job with that. And that was very gratifying to hear as someone who had grown up with it over the years. So uh, fair play to that. I don't know what his thoughts were on the Marzipan Pig Weston Woods version. I assume he liked it because who doesn't? So anyway, Kate, you read a book. Yes. And it was a long book. Well, I had no idea that Emmett Otter... So I, I knew the book or the movie and I hate the movie, but I had no idea it was a book. <sighs> so how are you related to me? How can you hate... The Jim Henson special. The um, music is good. The puppets are good. The outtakes are good. Yeah, I like the outtakes. The puppets are all right. The music what? annoys the crap out of me. Oh, no, you didn't. <laughs> the River Bottom Nightmare Band song is a classic. Eh. We sing that around the Christmas tree. <laughs> no, we don't, actually. But Okay. Yeah. But this, I feel like this is, uh, it's been a long time since you gave me a book that was done in colored pencil, which I thought was pretty, pretty cool. That is pretty cool. I did not remember that it was done in colored pencil. So there you go. Even though I just looked at its cover this morning. Uh, <laughs> I totally forgot that. Kind of a risk too, right? Like, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to illustrate an entire book in a child's format. Well, colored pencil is not easy. No, it is not. It I is think they very did a good difficult. job. I was impressed. Well played, Lillian Hoban. But the last line of the first page is really relevant to right now. Um, oh, please, please, please. What is it? Uh, Christmas was coming and money was more scarce than ever because with the stimulus money that, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of folks are waiting on, this being a really tough year for a lot of people. Quite frankly, this book is really timely right now. Yes, it is. Yeah. It's about people trying to make ends meet. There's not a lot of jobs. The one notable exception being that the two major plot points hinge on a huge talent show where people are squeezed into the auditorium together. You couldn't have that now. And the 
not to give it away, but the denouement, uh, the end of the of the entire book hinges on a restaurant being open. So right, both things cannot be. But we meet these two characters. You've got Emmett Otter and his mom, Mrs. Otter. Mm-hmm. Um, but it says Emmett Otter's father was dead, and I was like, "Wow, okay." It's very, but it's kind of Christmas Carol, right? Emmett Otter's father was dead to begin with, <laughs> dead as a doornail. Yeah, he's not passed away. He's just straight up dead. So straight up dead, and we never find out how. But whatever it was, it wasn't good. The man was a snake oil smell- salesman. Something bad happened. How do you know that he didn't just live a second life with another family somewhere and then choose not to come back to his first family? Actually, that's entirely possible, considering the stuff they've picked up from this guy. I've never cared for Emmett's dad. Uh, Sorry, Emmett. Sorry, Ma. But this dude left you in dire straits. And he, but I think he was charming. He had to have been charming. You get like that sense the entire way through. That Only was- charming people have two families, Betsy. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Just backs up your theory. I agree right, so, completely. So we've got Mrs. Otter who washes, who does the laundry for other people for money. And then we've got her son, Emmett, who will use his father's toolbox to, you know, help uh you know people with some odd end jobs here and there mm-hmm. um emmett's mother is talking to her friend irma coon okay can i just pause and say i love all the names in this book you've got grover irma hetty esther we're talking like it's 1912 and all the- <laughs> i just love yeah, grandmothers had those names they were perfectly legitimate then and you know there are little babies being named them right now. I bet you anything, every hospital in this town has a Hester being born right now. The, again, this is a very 2020 book because, you know, Mrs. Otter's talking to her friend, Emmett's talking to his friend, and they both say something along the lines of, maybe it'll be a better Christmas next year. Which is oh, that's what, so this year. Right? This, that's what, We are all saying that right now. Yep. Yep, because we can't be with our families. We can't mm-hmm. do the n- normal traditions that we would do. So yep. we're all thinking maybe next Christmas will be better. <laughs> I agree. I do really like the illustrations of Emmett and his mom and his friends. They're very true to what is in the movie. So the movie That's shocking it- to me how close the movie got to the- what they looked like. It kind of looks Depression era, and they stuck with that. They were like, Eh, it's 1974. We're going to make it look like 1934. Yeah, I like it. And mm-hmm. come on, who, otters are adorable. So Otters are always adorable. You can't go wrong there. They're both struggling this year in particular with money. Um, you know, a lot of, apparently a lot of like businesses are going out. And so people are like doing odd end jobs themselves. Um, so Emmett's not getting as many odd end jobs to fix things. Mrs. Otter isn't doing as much laundry. Um, but they both really would just love to get each other a really nice, expensive gift for each other because they think, you know, the other the other one really deserves it. Mm-hmm. Emmett really wants to get his mother a piano. It's such a huge gift. Yeah. Speaking as someone who literally just bought a piano. You just um, got a piano. You're going to have to do a lot of odd jobs, buddy. Some of mm-hmm. them are probably not going to be legal. Okay, most of them are probably not going to be legal. 
<laughs> Emmett becomes a rum runner. <laughs> he's he's going to be doing something to get. He's going to be working for the Riverbottom Nightmare Band is what he's going to be doing. Mm. They're the ones who, except I bet they're a bunch of rich kids. Honestly, when I think about it, they're a bunch of rich kids. So no, he's not going to be doing anything with them. I don't know. Everyone is struggling in this town for money, which is why this upcoming talent show is so big because the big prize is $50. Emmett really wants to get his mom a piano. His mom really wants to get him a guitar. And uh, Emmett's friend lets him know, hey, there's this talent show. We really want to... uh, come together and and win the prize um we're thinking about putting together a jug band you know i've got this kazoo wendell has got a blow he's got a jug to blow through we got charlie with the cigar box banjo all we need is a uh, wash tub bass and i'm thinking okay you know i'm sure there are other ways to make a wash tub bass maybe you don't need a wash tub maybe Maybe somebody has an old wash tub you could use. Maybe you don't have to sacrifice your own. I'm just just throwing it out there. Maybe, but it's a risk. I mean, you have to get a wash tub. I think that one, that much we know for the sound, for the sheer size of it, to get the good reverberation. Now it's got to be it's got to be a wash tub. But I don't know, man. It, the hard, times are hard. I think people are selling off their old wash tubs for scrap at this point. I think finding a wash tub would be difficult. Well. Emmett walks home thinking about if they were to win, it would be split equally among everyone in the band. And this is what I don't understand. It says, with that, he could buy a new wash tub for a dollar and a half, put $11 down on a secondhand piano, and pay out the rest. What does pay out the rest mean? I think he means in time. Okay. But I, I, I could be wrong. I think that should have been phrased a little better because yeah, here I'm thinking no, I like think the, I think the movie corrected for that and they were like put a down payment on a used one that's right there yeah yeah that's a little clear because I'm over here thinking what is he going to be like paying off the goons that he just did some odd job for <laughs> just like <laughs> don't understand we're gonna, we're gonna break your flippers if you don't pay up it <laughs> yeah so meanwhile Emmett's friend's mother if you got that who yeah, was talking it. to Emmett's mom telling her about this talent show too and uh and now both of them have decided to leave home two weeks before christmas okay wait what yeah so it says christmas is two weeks away yet both of them leave notes for the other one that says i'll see you christmas eve so what oh i don't remember any of this so the house is just completely deserted this entire time. <laughs> the, so, yeah. So he goes to live Where in a clubhouse with his friends. And she goes, I guess, to stay with the woman who has a sewing machine. She's going to, like, crash with her for two weeks. But I'm like, um, what? <laughs> that's a, yeah, that's weird. Again, this was corrected in the film special. Okay. It's like the night before they leave. Not even the night before. I think the morning of they both leave notes and, and sneak out on each other. Yeah. I kind of love the idea, though, of Emmett, like, crashing with his buds, being like, I don't know if I want to go back home. This is awesome. We get to play play jug band music all day long, like I've always dreamed. Yeah, except in the illustration, it looks like he's licking <laughs> the, the broomstick of his washtub. Okay, I would not recommend that for yeah, a I'm, number I'm of sh- reasons. I'm sure he's, like, singing, but it definitely looks like he's licking it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the so you've got him licking his... Uh, Washed up bass solo! <laughs> and then you got Emmett's mother, who is, like, using a friend's sewing machine, and the friend 
well, her last name is Snapper, so you have to assume she's a turtle. And she has, like, the most disturbing face out of anyone <laughs> in this entire book. <laughs> like, snappers aren't exactly, like, attractive animals, nor are they cute or cuddly like otters, but come on, it's it's really terrifying. Hey, man, when a pinch comes to shove, though, they will lend you their sewing machine and apparently let you crash for two weeks, so exactly. don't put down the snappers. During the middle of a recession. And, In the middle uh, of a recession, or a depression, even, yeah. There you go, yeah, yeah. So they get to the talent show, right? So, but... The, so Emma Otter is in his the the guy's dressing room. His mother is in the girl's dressing room. So they don't see each other. So they're getting ready for the talent show. Everyone is backstage getting ready, and then this band comes in called the Nightmare, and they they all you know they, they come in with all they of were their all the Riverbottom Nightmare band. Okay, they come in with the their nightmare. with their roadies with their cases. You know they they got this whole they got a, they have a lighting designer. They have this whole big setup. Uh, so they. Emmett Otter and his band meets the Nightmare Band. And, uh, you know, they're, the Nightmare Band members are all, in, you know, introducing themselves. You know, we got uh, Pete Squirrel and we got Jimmy Possum. And then my favorite, we got Henry Jellohead Woodchuck. Okay, how do you get the nickname <laughs> Jellohead as a woodchuck? Okay. Um, that's the best thing. I'm just going to say ever. That's the best thing ever. How did he not make it into the special? Well, you've got, you know, you've got Herman Fats Porcupine, which, all yeah, right, I get the like nickname Fats, Fats but um, Jellohead? What did he do to earn that nickname? Did he, like, fall into a vat of Jello and then his No, he's got... really good at Jello shots. He oh. can just, like, literally he can do a hundred of them and it doesn't even affect him. <laughs> and they just call him Jellohead for that. How much Jello shots can a woodchuck... <laughs> Eat a woodchuck could, could eat yellow shuck. That's, that's not, you get it. not as typically on the tongue as I thought it would be. No, there's a reason they don't use that one. It's, they just call him Jellohead for sure, and that, that, that does the job. Yeah. Taylor's show is kicking off. Um, every, you know, one act after another is doing their thing. And it says, after each act, the audience clapped a little and coughed a lot. Okay, so this could still be. Oh my gosh! Yeah. This, this is today. Be, uh, you know, maybe early this 2021. This is in some town where people don't believe the COVID is real, Aww. but they're all suffering economically, but nobody's wearing a mask, not even Emmett. I'm amazed yeah. that, the, that the nightmare band isn't. Oh my gosh. And no wonder, yeah, they're coughing in the audience. Everyone's going to have COVID in two weeks. But the uh, the the nightmare band comes on. They, uh, you know, they, they play this like rock and hardcore song called River Bottom Rock. Oh, the lights are, are going everywhere. You know, you got Mary Jane Chipmunk screaming in the microphone. <laughs> Everyone is clapping and, and 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 hooping and hollering. So they do an encore called Swampland Stone. Woo, man. And then they go off stage. And then you got Mrs. Emmett Otter. Oh, my <laughs> God. You do Emmett's not mom. want to follow that. Yeah. So uh, after that. <sighs> Poor Ma, she has to come on and follow that where everyone's ears are just ringing. Yeah, they're not going to hear a word she sings. It says Ma sang her song next and it was like a whisper far away that no one could hear. Yeah, because their ears couldn't stop ringing. Yeah. So she sings her song, then her son's jug band goes up and plays and the audience could care less because really the nightmare stole the show. And they organized the, the order in which the people would be playing. I mean, anyone organizing this, knowing, oh, we, we've got like a full rock band. Okay, make them last. Yeah. That's how you close out the show. You don't 
Does you know poor, two poor they, schmucks? Yeah, they closed it with the drug ban and it didn't work. They lost. Um, so everyone is now, you know, walking home and Emmett is like, did you see my note? And she's like, and his mom's like, no. Did you see mine? And he's like, no. <laughs> so who's at our house? <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the house. <laughs> There's Jello shot, you know, Woodhog guy just throwing him back. Yeah, can you blame him? I mean, no. he's gonna get COVID, so you might as well have some fun yeah, while you can. Live while you can, boy. <laughs> so they, you know, Emmett's like, "Well, I wanted to buy you a piano," and she's like, "Oh, I wanted to buy you a, a, a guitar, but I hacked your, uh, you know, I pawned off your tool set." And he's like, "Well, I put a hole in your wash tub, so." Uh, yeah, there we guess are. We're, guess we're gonna and, starve now. And uh, and we totally so they, outgifted the magi to each other. So. Yeah, and but Harvey Muskrat takes out his kazoo and starts playing Sister Possum, going to Old Man Possum's shack. Sister Possum waiting out back, rowing on the river, rowing on the water, going to dance the whole night long with Old Man Possum's daughter. And so you know, Ma's like, "Oh, what are the words?" And she learns the words, and then. They stop in front of this restaurant and they start playing the song. She's singing. They're having a great time and they don't notice that, uh, you know, this bullfrog comes Doc out. Doc Bullfrog, baby. Doc Throw Bullfrog, uh, who I guess is like the maitre d' of this restaurant. I think he's like the richest man in town, but he owns the restaurant. That's, that was always my impression. So. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, he must be the owner because he offers them a job uh, after hearing them. And, uh, and he says, well, what do you call your group? Emmett says, my otter and the Frogtown Hollow Boys. And he offers them a job and they uh, they play there for, you know, regular pay, which is great. And uh, and then they decide to at three o'clock in the morning, it says they're walking home and they decide to stop in the middle of a pond on a frozen pond and sing downstream where the river meets the sea. Mm -hmm. uh, and they sing it for Pa. And that's the end of the book. That's the end of the special, too. That was shockingly accurate to the special, because that is exactly what they do. They don't say it's 3 a.m., but you, you can kind of tell. There we go. Well, a little background information uh, on the book, of course. Um, you know, book is released in uh, 1971. It was re-released. It was out of print for a very long time. It was just re-released in 2017. So you, it is possible to purchase this book right now. Of course, uh, six years after it comes out, Jim, the Jim Henson special gets released, you can get a whole bunch of different versions of that. Um, like the version that you taped on your VHS tape uh, back in the day is going to be very different from the DVD. And there's actually more than one DVD, depending on how it's cut, because sometimes it has Kermit the Frog in it. Sometimes it does not. Flight of the Concord star, Brett McKenzie, uh, signed up about this time last year to write the script and music for a new Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. Uh, based on the special, which is in turn based on the book. Now, of course, uh, Brett McKenzie had done music for one of those new Muppet movies, and the idea of redoing the music uh, gives me hives, but that seems to be the part you don't like. So uh, there you go. Now we're going to have a whole whole new one. Yay. Wonderful. Everyone's... <laughs> Everyone's going to be so happy about that because as we've if we've learned nothing from the Grinch who stole Christmas, it's that the more versions you do, the better and better it gets. <laughs> like right. like a fine wine or a stinky cheese. 
All right, uh, two items for the person in your life who loves Emmett Otter. Let's say you wanted to get them a gift. You could get them an adorable little felted um, Emmett Otter and, and his ma and every character practically from the show. You can get them on Etsy. There's a, there's an artist on Etsy who makes them. I could, I could give you the link. Just a warning, each one of those cuties costs like 40 bucks. So <laughs> they're a little overpriced. But if you, if you know someone who really loves Emmett Otter, that might be one way to go. Another way you might want to go, it's a little more uh, reasonably priced, here in Chicago, there's a place called The Hideout. The Hideout, uh, every year, they have their annual Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas Pageant, where they uh, they, they perform live. They've already done their online show uh, for this year, but they'll be doing it next year, in case you happen to live in the Chicago area. And they sell t-shirts, including one of a drum rolling away with the words, Hubba underneath. It is an obscure Emmett Otter... Uh, <laughs> blooper joke i'll put i'll put uh, links to this in the show notes as well as a link to the blooper in question just so you can understand exactly what it is referring to ratings time so i was prepared to hate it because i hate the movie um but i actually like the book better maybe it's because i don't have to listen to what the music makes me listen to i can imagine what it might sound like in my head yeah sure true, true, true. Um, it's a really sweet story but Wow, what a risk both of them are taking for $50. That is a huge risk. They've literally put their livelihoods on the line for this. Yes. And yeah. there's tr- and they're essentially screwing each other. Uh if yeah. they if they don't because she took his, he took hers. Both of they're them so are so sure they're both going to win. Yeah. And you're watching this or you're reading this and you're like well they can't unless there's like this like miracle like ending which would have been awful where it'd been like you both win and we'll double the prize money like no that's not but instead they both got jobs which is great yeah i kind of love that they're just completely flattened by someone more talented (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that happens yeah or more popular more successful you're like a big fish in a small pond and then suddenly a bigger fish comes in and like nobody is paying attention to you anymore so i gave it a six yeah, um, obviously I'm a fan. Uh, I've always been a fan of, of the Jim Henson special. I had not been familiar. And there have been cases where you're a fan of like an adaptation of a book and then you read the book and you're like, Bleh. Mary Poppins being the best possible example of that. Sorry, Mary Poppins fans. I said it. The books are creepy. Uh, so in this case, though, when I read the book, the book's charming and delightful and fun and just a great Christmas time read. Great holiday read in general. Um, so I'm, I'm giving it a, a 7.5. I like it just that much. So it's definitely a classic. Definitely a classic. All right. Woo! All right. And speaking of classics, it's letters time. Woo. All right. First up from Emily. These both refer to the Hanukkah book that we did last week, which was Latkes and Applesauce. Emily writes, thank you very much for bringing attention to these classic books. Yes, I will call Latkes and Applesauce a classic. I am convinced, by the way, she wrote this so quickly, I'm pretty sure she hadn't heard our episode and was unaware of the fact that we did not come to the same conclusion, but that's okay. Well, maybe she's saying in defiance, she listened to it and was like, you guys didn't call it a classic, but I sure as heck am. She may well have done so. 
She goes on to say, There are wonderful new Hanukkah books published every year, but I like to look at them in the context of the earlier ones. I actually like the illustrations. I hope that the new ones will also be lovely, although I usually approach the project of tossing out earlier versions with some skepticism. I'm curious about your opinion of Eric Kimmel's Hanukkah Bear, Hanukkah Guest, which we did on this show, I should point out. We did do Hanukkah Bear and Hanukkah Guest, and you compared the two uh, illustrations. I also want to thank both Fran Manushkin and Eric Kimmel for their long and distinguished careers bringing Jewish-themed books as well as other books to kids. Nice. Thanks, Emily. Another one. Yes, thank you, Emily. Another one from Judy. Oh, my goodness. Besides books, I never imagined December 14th would also give me a gift for Hanukkah. A puppy for Hanukkah, to be exact. How wonderful is that? (laughs) Your question sent me on a hunt for information regarding Jewish Hebrew question marks. Remember, there's that strange question mark. But I haven't discovered anything yet about that font. Regarding the unusual sodas... At least they are not beers. This is our holiday tradition of drinking disgusting sodas. And uh, I have to find some other words besides I appreciate and thank you. Aww. Aww. Thank you, Judy. Grown-up things we like. Uh, so my grown-up thing is very short. Uh, basically, I adore this time of year because of the Food Network. I don't watch baking shows. But I watch those holiday baking championships. I watch the cookie championship. I watch any freaking championship you can name. It's the only time during the year, really, that my kids see any kind of commercials because we're just plopped in front of the couch, rooting for some poor schmuck who's really, really good with uh, the teeny tiny frostings to decorate something to look like it has holly berries on it. Hmm. That is what I love. Well, speaking of baking, uh, this Saturday I plan on baking pretty much all day. Uh, and then I'm going to make five or six different kinds of cookies and I'm going to deliver them to my neighbors who I haven't really met yet as a way of being like, hey, we're here. We haven't met you yet, but have some food. (laughs) You are so cute. Oh, thanks. So yeah, I'm going to attempt to make red velvet crinkle cookies, uh, sugar cookies, Mm -hmm. our family's toothpaste cookies, which are essentially like peppermint patty cookies. Which I um, have improved the recipe on. Uh, ginger cookies, uh, toffee bit cookies, and then potentially Buckeyes. So, Oh, Lord, you're going to attempt a Buckeye. Yeah. yeah Let me know how that before. goes. The Buckeye, I'm, fright- I'm frightened of the Buckeye. The Buckeye scares me. That's a hard nah. one to, to master. It's not too bad. And that's it. All right. So baking and baking are the grown-up things we like. And I find that wonderful. So I don't know if we'll be recording next week or not. Uh but maybe we will but if we don't uh then i will greet everyone in the new year and if we do then i will not new year's book go new year's books ah all right before all of that though i've been betsy i'm kate bye fuse 8 and kate is a fuse number eight production you can reach us at fusekate8 at gmail.com you can follow our podcast on twitter at fuse underscore kate you can follow us on Instagram at Fuse8Kate. That's Fuse number 8 Kate. Follow us on iTunes and rate our podcast if you're so inclined. Our music is by Haddon Kime, and our lighting designer for the Riverbottom Nightmare Band is Drew Atienza. Fuse 8 and Kate is creation of Kate Ramsey and Betsy Bird. <laughs>